Hello and welcome to Cherry's Red Army. This is Cherry's in Focus, episode 13. Wherever you are in the world, we hope you're having a fantastic week. I've got John and Steve with me on this one. And of course, we are live and interactive on YouTube for this one. If you're listening back on the podcast, thank you very much. Thanks for supporting that platform and do do what you need to do to support it and help it grow, follow, rate it, something like that. Just do what you've got to do on the podcast. We have got lots of stuff to discuss tonight. We know that we uh, didn't have another great weekend in the Premier League. We know an international break is ahead of us, but we want to get your thoughts in the chat. So I am going to pop into the chat this evening because I'm going to point out some of your questions. If you have any, what you're thinking? Are you still back in Andoni? Are you ready to change things? Surely not. Hang in there. I'm sure everything will be fine. But we are getting closer to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Do hit the like button right now to support this video. And if you're watching this back on replay, do please use the comments. Right, John, Steve. Actually, how I want to start this, guys, is the last episode. It was a tough watch because we're really trying to get that first win. And it's been a tough watch on the pitch, guys. So a few comments in there were like, oh, it's a little bit negative at times. But unfortunately, it's going to be negative when you're not playing great football. So, John, I do want to try and start this video a little bit positively. I don't care what it is, but I would like you to give me something positive from the weekend to now. Give me something to start nicely on this stream. Um, okay. Well, I guess on a personal note, one of my bets came in, so I made a bit of money last weekend. There's something for you. But I suppose on in the game, kick my kick my camera. Um, in the game, um, I do think Tavernier was a positive of of a of a player that hasn't um hasn't shown us what he can do since coming back from injury until this most recent game when a lot was going wrong around him he was a player that looked like he really was trying and looked like he was getting back to some of his best in terms of dribbling past players and really helping make us tick um it's a good thing he was trying because uh if he wasn't uh it could have been an even more unbearable watch, um, having gone to the game myself. But uh, yeah, Steve, what's your positive thing? <laughs> You've just stolen it. <laughs> that was the only positive thing. Um, so on a personal note, I I don't know if many people know, I've been sort of suffering with a slip disc for quite a while now, and I made my long-awaited return to knocking a ball around on a Sunday evening. So that was good for me. A couple of goals as well. Um, in fact, all the Hensmans won this weekend, which was 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 good. Seeing after the Saturday I had, I suppose my positive from the from the trip to Everton was for me. I'd never been there before, so it was it, uh, it was great to see uh, one of the old ladies of English football, as in stadium wise. And it was uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a trip down memory lane. Shall we say that? Because there's some uh, some unusual quirks I haven't seen for a long time in that stadium. Um, so yeah, it was good fun to sort of look at. Yeah, get a good look at Goodison before it goes. Um, but unfortunately, that's where my <laughs> my good stuff ends, I'm afraid. And the AFC Bournemouth women's team won, John. You picked that yes, out they did. before we went on air and said, that's a positive. We did get a Cherries win at the weekend, didn't you, John? Yeah, um, and uh, if I remember correctly, it was a come-from-behind win where I think it was 3-1. Um, yeah. so, so we finally got a 3-1 win. Somewhere along the line, Sammy, um, it's it's not it's not the one we wanted, but it's the one we got, um, and it's still a it's still a positive for the club. 
another little positive here, more for the channel, but a good opportunity while we're talking about some positives before we get into that Everton game last weekend is the monthly members. We are adding to it. You are supporting the channel. You're backing us through this tough moment that we're having at the start of the season. Mark Davis became our latest monthly member. John Woodland joined a few weeks ago. We've also had some donations from Liam Humby and all you fantastic monthly members. Some of you been there from the start. Get it in nice and early on this stream. Thank you so much. You can support the channel at buymeacoffee.com slash Cherries Red Army. We just, you're just amazing. And, and we thank you. And, and, it, and it gives us the boost we need to keep coming back, driving on and helping our football team get out of that relegation zone. Right. Let's get on with it then, because I do want to jump into the chat this evening. It was Everton 3, Bournemouth 0 at Goodison Park, their first home win of the season. They don't score many goals there, but they did get three. It was littered with mistakes. So the theme is continuing from episode 12. We don't normally go through Cherries and Focus, Steve, chronologically, but I do want to look at a couple of the goals. I think the third one going really ahead probably shouldn't have got that far. It was probably a foul on Adam Smith. But let's reverse back to the first one. It was early on that they scored. Sabani slips, gives the ball away deep in our own half. The, the, the big thing for me here, and we spoke about it on episode episode 12, was where is Philip Billing going to start? Was he going to play higher up? And the closest player to Sabani was Philip Billing. He tried to retain the ball, lost it, and they broke on us and, and they scored a good goal. 1-0 down early on. But again, another mistake. Yeah, I, I mean, we were just talking off air about what we were doing in the first sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes. And it just seemed that we were sort of playing the ball around at the back, trying to keep hold of possession, looking for those opportunities to go forward. And they just didn't seem to be much from midfield dropping in and trying to wanting to receive the ball, get on the ball. And then it, the responsibility came, it kind of was left to the centre-backs. And then when they couldn't find anything, it was just sort of hitting long diagonal balls to Dango, um, uh, who really, I mean, we, we pointed it out, he, he got one-on-one -on -one with... Uh, Ashley Young, wasn't it, quite early on, got him booked. And me and John said at the time, because we were both there at the game, and John made the point, actually, that he should have, we, if he'd gone at him again, it's you only almost want to target him. But we didn't do that. Uh, and unfortunately, like I say, those those midfielders weren't dropping in and wanting to receive the ball, seemingly, uh, especially Lewis Cook. I didn't see. Billing was trying it, and obviously, like you said, he was in, in the vicinity. But it's an unfortunate slip at the end of the day. It's just Zabani goes past his man, which he does quite regularly. He tries to change the direction. He just loses his footing. Uh, and that's just put us backs against the wall straight away. He, he, we're a centre-back out, out of the frame. Philip Billing tries to lunge and try and nick the ball off Garner. Doesn't make it. And it's just it's through. And he's just got to bend it round Lewis Cook, who he uses as a bit of a shield. And... I mean, the shot's quite central, really, but because he bends it around Kirk, Neto doesn't really get a good look at it. Um, and he's left rounder in. So it is a bad mistake. Well, it's not a bad mistake. It's an unfortunate mistake. But it, it's just where we are at the moment. Those sort of things keep happening to us. Uh, it's how do we go about eradicating them? But I, I do feel there's too much onus on on the centre backs and and or defences, you know, to, to find that sort of killer ball. Um, and and rather than someone coming in and trying to receive the ball, who's got more 
natural ball control, more skill, more drive. To Lewis Cook is excellent at doing it. I think Rothwell is excellent at doing it. And I think we've said many times, we, if those two get on the ball and turn, they, they're neat and tidy, they can turn on the ball, drive forward. And uh, Lewis Cook likes that quarterback type of role. We can ping balls out. I just I think there's too much onus on the on the centre backs and the, and the back four as a whole to do to be looking for killer passes and and if they're not there, um, we get ourselves into trouble like we like proved on Saturday. Yeah, John, errors leading to goals five from us, and we are joint leaders of that alongside Burnley, where we're helping teams score easier goals, whatever you want to call it. So errors leading to shots, we're not doing very well with at the moment. I know you were at the game. I couldn't make it. I was there back in May for the final home game. Sorry, final game of the season last season. And I know you were there and I've watched a couple of content that you've been on. I know back of the back of the net had a match day vlog. And I saw the second goal. And you know I've criticised, not criticised, but I've had my concerns about Neto this season. I think he doesn't catch enough. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but you actually don't think he was at fault for this second goal. I actually think there's a phase before the second phase where he can catch it. The ball comes back in and then it's where he goes to punch the second time when it lands to Harrison, then it's harder to catch. But isn't there an earlier catch before that one? Uh, I'd need to watch it back, to be honest. I haven't had the courage to look back at the highlights um, as of yet. Um, Were there any? Yeah, well, um, experiencing it once is, is, you know... um, uh, was was painful enough, uh, but I, from my memory, I do remember. Well, the whole reason why the the goal sort of comes from from the phase that it does is because the ball gets swung back in by I think it was Mikalenko um, into the box from sort of you know the inside left channel, and at the at, at the decision that I think Neto makes for that cross. I think is fair. He gives. I think it gives it a decent punch, but he's clattered by Smith, who's being pressured. I think it was Smith. It might have been Sanessi. I think it um, was Sanessi. Yeah, it was probably Sanessi, given the angle. But he gets clattered by Sanessi, uh, being under pressure, but from whichever Everton players on his back, um, and as a result, the punch doesn't necessarily go high, and it doesn't. It goes. Unfortunately, lands perfectly at um, Harrison's feet, who takes a first-time finish, which is sublime it's like really like even if you could say that a player should have been closer to harrison yes maybe but it's still an incredible finish but a player doesn't get out to michelenko it's something that bournemouth have been horrible at for about a decade is preventing crosses from getting into the box in the first place um but i wouldn't be surprised if there was an instance before that because obviously the ball gets to michelenko left back before then and i would imagine that he probably could have done more with it i do think that it's just sort of part of the game now like yes obviously a lot of a lot of keepers do still catch but i do feel as though there was a there was sort of like an agreement went around goalkeeping coaching circles about a decade ago and went look if the keeper drops the ball he leaves a tap in for a striker so why don't you just always punch it and therefore you're always going to put the ball about 25 yards out and it'll be more less likely they score um yeah i just i just it's um, Neto is starting to get massive questions about him from the fan base, from certainly the, a lot of the voices that were around me, and he just doesn't feel like he's got the presence that he had last year. Even and bear in mind, when a lot of people were not focusing on him, he made quite a few mistakes last year, but none of them ever 
resulted in a goal against us. And that's where we got our luck last year, I think, a lot of it. This year, most of the mistakes he makes are so much more noticeable because the team as a whole around him is not performing well enough. Uh, And I I do feel as though there is going to be growing calls around the fan base just to drop him because they're getting a bit fed up. And Radu, having seen the track, having watched the goalkeepers in their warm-up before the game, Radu catches. Um, Neto punches when he's practicing. So I do think that if you really want the goalkeeper to come and claim things in the box, uh, people need to keep calling for Radu to to, to play instead. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Can I just pick up on that? Is that I know what John's saying about the the sort of trend of goalkeepers coming and punching rather than catching because you know if you mess it up a catch you you're leaving a tap in for the striker. But in my head, that it's it's far easier to come and catch a ball than it is to try and punch a moving ball in my in my mind. And okay, you might mess it up, but. A, a decent goalkeeper should be good enough to, with both hands, catch a ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's one of those things. To me, it's a bit of a myth. I, I, I get the angle of, you know, if you do punch it, it's far away from the goal. Um, but equally, I've seen goalkeepers punch balls into their own net, uh, for goodness sake. I mean, it's it's that sort of thing. Either It's a caveat to that. And, and the other thing on Neto's decision on... on uh, uh, a punching everything it it doesn't seem to if i don't ever hear him come out and shout goal you know keeper's ball like the, the thing with sanessi he's coming into chat if he if he calls and is really confident and calls and jumps and wins that ball you know sanessi's not going to go in with it i just it just seems to be no confidence in any of them at the moment there's no coordination there's no it doesn't seem to be a voice, and it, and unfortunately, he is the voice of the mm. team, supposedly. So that's my concern: is that he doesn't. It's that command thing, command his area, command his box. I just don't. If he's commanding his box, Senesi knows he's coming for that, um, and you don't get that mix up. And it's for me that I said this at the start of the season. I I didn't think it was a priority to go and find or spend 20, 30 million pounds on a goalkeeper. I think we're still holding on to potentially Mark Travers being that goalkeeper and we'll find out in the next 12 months. I just, when you're defending poorly, like we have been, and I still think there's a defender in Sabani. I think Senesi has gone backwards a little bit. We know that Lloyd Kelly's probably our strongest centre-back right now. But when you haven't got those defenders and Chris Meppen's not fit and he's been good for us previously... When you're really struggling to defend, you need a goalkeeper that's just going to relieve a little bit of pressure. And I don't think Neto does that. In John's defence, even when you're at the stadium, sometimes you can miss a phase. I know that when I watch the extended highlights, for me, Neto can catch the first phase. When it comes in the second time, it's a little bit harder. Credit to Harrison when it gets to him. He does what he needs to do. Omid says... Neto doesn't command his area, rarely comes out of his box and barely uses his feet to save, although he did make a save on Saturday for the first time with his feet. Backs that up with saying, give Radu a chance. The problem I have now, guys, is I don't think Radu's an upgrade. It's not like we went from Travers to Neto after Liverpool and you felt like, okay, give Travers a day off, let him have a bit of a breather and Neto got a clean sheet and sort of didn't allow him to come back in the side. I've seen Radu... Once, I've seen him in warm-up. Steve's seen him at Swansea. I don't see a goalkeeper that's much better 
and I'm and I'm not trying to be harsh on Radu because he's probably not had a real chance, John. But it's another goalkeeper that through his career so far, he's been a number two. Yeah, and um, if you ask, if you were to ask an Italian football correspondent what their abiding memory of Radu is, it would be <laughs> a really bad mistake he made as Inter's goalkeeper, but basically cost Inter the title a couple of years ago. Now, admittedly, that was that was him playing with his feet, and he's clearly not as capable with his feet. Um, but then I'd say Neto isn't either. Neto's distribution, when when initially last season I found Neto above Travers as an upgrade because of his distribution, that wasn't exceptional by any means, but he wasn't misplacing quite the volume of passes that Travers is. Travers was. Um, Neto's Neto's kicking has just taken an absolute nosedive in in um, finding finding teammates, and you mentioned it as well, Kirk. Is that as much as I sort of make excuses for him punching, when you're a team that's on the back foot a lot. When a keeper claims the ball, all of the pressure goes because it's now gone, yeah. everything resets. The entire worry of the situation has just been completely washed away. You get to reset, you get to reform, you then get to implement the tactics properly of the manager who then wants to be able to, from a from what he knows, he can always say that whenever the keeper's in his hands, all the players stand here and we do this. If he keeps punching it, he can't do that. Um, yeah, as 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 for, for what Radu is, I mean the league the League Cup games are the only games I haven't seen this season, and those are the ones that he has that Radu has played in. So I I can't talk about the ability of Radu. But um, <laughs> so I was just laughing at the comment there. Yeah, no. Who, who was that, Mark? Mark Cole. I tell Cole, you what, yeah. and 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 to be fair, but I was to just Mark, I was to be fair to Mark Steve. He comes out with some really really good reviews of games and moments no and no no I, I i totally agree i was more i was more sort of laughing at the fact that who who is that guy he's talking about there yeah because you wouldn't even know he's at our club would you can't even get a look yeah. in at any, any sort of time but i mean we don't seem to be very confident in our first couple of goalkeepers so you know what he's there is he not worth a a risk he can't i mean the only problem, I suppose, the only problem if you take Neto out of it, you'd, you'd then taken our captain out of it. Um, but there's there's a different conversation there of whether, you know, then you've got to give the, the captaincy to somebody else. What does that then send as a message? Uh, there's lots of ramifications there. Yeah, I, I can't. I just, I'm not pleased at the moment with Neto as a captain. I just, I just, whatever, no. whatever's working last season, fair enough. But this season, no, I'm sorry. He's just, he's got three yellow cards already, none of which have been for a tackle or a foul. It's every single one of them has been going off the referee. Yeah. And that's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic from a 30 year old, experienced goalkeeper. He's 30, early 30s, whatever. Early 30s, late 20s. He's got enough experience as a professional. He's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. He should mm. not be getting yellow cards like that. And as the captain, you are allowed to speak to the referee. You are you are the one that's meant to go up to talk to the referee on behalf of the team. And if you can't shut up and you keep talking yourself into the book, you don't deserve the captain's armband. Um, having said that, can you give it to Adam Smith? Well, he's not playing enough. Um, who else? Who else is legitimately going to take the captain's armband? Just a thought, because it didn't work for Just a thought, because he's done it at youth level and won a tournament. Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook. Yeah, he'd be the only other one. He'd, he'd be the only yeah. one that I think shows, shows real leadership on the pitch, apart from 
maybe Dom Solanke, but that's more so in in his effort rather than necessarily his. But we're his not littered. We're not littered with candidates. Let's put it that way. I mean, we've been saying this, and a, a lot of people have picked up on this. There's no leaders on that pitch. No. When things and started going that's... against us on on the weekend, that, that you were looking for a voice, someone to g the lads up, and it certainly didn't come from Neto, and it didn't seem to be coming from anybody. And that's um, actually something that if he gets fit. As much as I do rate Zavani as a talent, it was brought up earlier by Leslie. Um, Chris Meppham, yeah. I think Chris Meppham should come into that back line because there's clearly not, unless there's nothing against Zabani and certainly nothing against his mistake, Zabani's ability to carry the ball past his man and break a press is incredibly useful Good. as a tool to, approach, to, to bring the ball up the pitch. And I have no blame at all attached to his slip for the first goal is a pure comedy of errors unfortunately in terms of just it's a slip it's an accident billing can't make up for it and then cook stands in the way of neto's eyeline so that neto then has to shift to the wrong side and he leaves the middle of the goal open for for um garner but mepham will show some leadership even if he's not and mepham even if he isn't the experience. most vocal, I've seen him shout about on the pitch. He's got the experience and he's no nonsense. And I think that you need someone to instill some sense of control into that defence because Adam Smith can't do it from right back. He complaining too much about what we'll get onto the third goal. He's complaining too much about decisions that go against him to really have too much of an impact. And Kirkes needs some support over on that left side, left hand side. As much as I don't think Mepham should play at left centre back, you need someone other than the goalkeeper to show some experience in that back line. And I think Mepham could be a solution. He has been injured, um, and he's fit enough to go away with Wales. It's up in the air whether he'll feature, but um, Mepham is an option. I really think he should be looked at as a bit of an option. I know you want to talk about that third goal, John, but it was 3-0 to Everton. And I do want to get stuck into some deeper conversations about where we are right now going into the international break. Let's have a look, though, at the Premier League table after the weekend. Sheffield United 20th without a win. AFC Bournemouth 19th without a win. Burnley 18th and Luton just outside that dotted line on 17th and Everton now 16th on seven points. Coming back to the chat, if I want to find it, is Samuel McNeil, I think, who said, anyone think Andoni is under pressure? It's only seven games in, but it's worrying in my opinion. And we spoke about this on the last episode, didn't we, guys? And we said that these are winnable games now. These is the month we were targeting to try and get points. This is where we're going to judge Andoni. I'm back in Andoni still. I have been since day one. I've liked the vision. I know what Bill Foley's trying to achieve. We're trying to replicate other models. And I'm not checking out yet. Far from it. I'm not checking out yet. But I did say this on my social media platforms as well. As much as I'm back in Andoni Iriola, I'm going to criticise him when, for me, he's making basic errors. And we spoke about this as well, didn't we, on the last episode about what sort of team we wanted to see let's go to that lineup then Steve because I said we know what Everton are going to do we knew what Sean Dyche was going to do he was going to make this a battle in the field he was going to make it physical you talked about Lewis Cook potentially being a leader and and a new captain I am worried about Lewis Cook I know the lineup shows Ryan Christie alongside Lewis Cook for me it's probably not like that irregardless we needed Joe Rothwell in there We needed Joe Rothwell in there. We needed an extra player that could be alongside Lewis Cook, drive the team up the pitch. But again, 
you're picking players that are not delivering numbers. Ryan Christie, you're picking a player bang out of form in Dango Utara. David Brooks is someone that's clearly ready for it. Was very, very good in preseason. Can't get a look in. Semenyo, when we were actually scoring goals on the counter, can't get a look in. I am backing Andoni Iriola, but he doesn't help me when he makes decisions that I think are really poor. Yeah, and he, yeah, I can't really defend him on 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 some of those points you've made there because uh, you're right. I mean, for a mu- as much as Ryan Christie's got all the endeavour in the world, the best engine in the team, he'll run three weeks in a solidly for you if you if you asked him to. Like you say, he doesn't back it up with any numbers. Ah, uh, it, it's it, Dango. I, I don't really want to even go into Dango because I, I I just might. I might say something I don't really want to say, but he's he's quite clearly struggling with confidence, form, whatever you want to say it is. So I just think take the guy out of firing line because it wasn't pretty on on Saturday for Dango. I don't know. It's a caveat to everything with Iriola. I mean, yes, we want to see this brand of football that we've been sold to dream of. Um, Yes, we've brought in some great players. Albeit he's he's not being de- dealt, the de- dealt the best hand himself. He's still not got his assistant, which I still think is mental. Um, I don't know what the representatives of the club are doing to rectify that, whether, whether, whether there's something we just don't know about, whether there's a hold-up that you know the club can't do anything about. I don't know. But it just seems strange that that's, that situation is still here because, um, you know, a poor guy who's come over from Spain, brand-new environment, and he's on his own, literally. I mean, I've seen some things where I, I, I think to myself, did I just see that? Because I, I spoke about it the other week when I said it looked like him and Elphick weren't, you know, weren't, weren't, get, weren't gelling. They were arguing about something. I saw it on the weekend where, he, you know, there's disagreements with players on the pitch. You could see it. You could actually see it. Uh, you know, he's not... The injuries we've had, again, another sort of, Lowy's been dealt. You know, we talk about captains. Well, we've got the captain of a national teams on an injury table. Um, we don't know how he's going to you know, fit into our team, but we we think he's going to be that solution to the DM problem. And Tyler Adams, I'm talking about, obviously, but he you know he's captain of his national side, so maybe he could be a leader. We just we just haven't got on the pitch at the moment. Um, so it's difficult, but like you say, when he's making these decisions and he doesn't seem to, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any partnerships being formed. He's trying different, you know, different pegs and different holes every week. I, I don't know. It, it's almost like he's, 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 I don't know, just, just rolling the dice every week, trying to see what works and what doesn't. And maybe we just need to give it a bit more time, but we all know in the current state of the Premier League, what Premier League owners are like, typically. Um, you don't necessarily get the time you want. Um, and if he doesn't start getting some points on the board pretty soon, because the next two games, um, home games against some of the teams we're in and around or should be in and around. Um, yeah, I, I fear for him. And it's difficult to it's difficult to argue with some of the points that people have been making about team selections, tactics. Mm. I mean, if it were me, I'd sort of, I wouldn't necessarily rip up what he's doing because, you know, we want to see stuff that we have you know more exciting football but there has to be some sort of you can't just ignore the defensive side of the game which is for me criminal you know that there has to be some sort of structure some sort of you know let's not just all 
bomb on forward. I was watching the back of the net, sorry to bring this up, but the back of the net one, Tom made a good point about when we attack, it seems like Dom's isolated and we've got no one around him. But yet when the opposition attack, our defence look lost and there's no one helping them. So where are all these players? Where Where's our team? It just, it just I, I don't know, the eye test isn't good at the moment. Um, and I'm sure the stats aren't either, John. So, no. uh, you know, I, I don't really know what to do with him. Samuel's back in. Lose these next two, and I can see him going. But God only knows what Foley is going to do next. Mm-hmm. Wing says he can't be judged by the se- by that sequence of fixtures and two key players centre of the field injured too. Um, and look, as I said, I- I'm still Iriola in John. I mean, I'm watching a guy in his presser, in his post-match interviews. He's watching the same game as me. I'm not listening to a guy that seems like he's watching a different game, like we got a few times last season. He's seeing the stuff. So then I think, well, going into the next game, he's probably not going to pick Dango. Everyone can see that he's out of form. He's probably going to put an extra body in midfield. But then an hour before kickoff, what are you doing? What are you doing, Andoni? Come on. We want this to work. We know that Foley has this dream of beautiful football, attacking football. Look, John, I didn't expect us to keep many clean sheets. I thought we'd flood goals, but I thought we'd score loads as well. And at the moment, we're not scoring. So it looks worse because we're not even getting on the score sheet right now. We're still there. These are two massive games. I even feel like I want to give them till Christmas. But I've got to see something in the next two. And it has to start with a lineup that looks like it's going to do something on the pitch. And I do want Iriola Ball. But if you've got to adapt a little bit and you're not ready for it yet because Tyler Adams isn't fit and Alex Scott isn't fit, you've got to adapt a little bit as well. These players might be struggling to adapt, but I feel Iriola's got to do it as well. I don't want him to rip up the rule book like we said last week. Just slight tweaks. Make us harder to beat a little bit and let's get a little bit more offensive. Yeah, I mean... I don't want to sound too negative, but the issue I had against Everton was just like I just couldn't see where we were at, what what the plan was. Like I, I we've been sold a plan, and I and I think that, I mean, heck, I did. If you go back back on this channel, I did a video saying what should you expect from Iriola Ball, and I talked about our pressing, but also I talked about the patterns of play going forward. What you could expect to see in terms of when we've got the ball in the opposition third, when we get to that point, what kind of attacks could you see? How, how is Iriola planning on getting the ball in the back of the net? And one of the main ones was having your number 10 push to whichever side the ball is on, having the fullback overlap and creating an overload where you have your attacking midfielder and your two wide players combining in triangles to create an opportunity to cross the ball. And that, that's when you have another midfielder, your attacker, and at least the winger, if not the fullback as well, from the other side of the pitch, flood into the box to try and get anything that ends up going into the box from crosses. But there's no overlapping whatsoever from any fullbacks, doesn't matter which ones he picks. Even when the Kirkus flies forward, he mostly underlaps, but if he doesn't underlap and he overlaps, he never gets the ball from the player that's playing with him because either Daniel's lost the ball or Cliver just forgets that he exists. And to and in the game against Everton, the issue was even if you were to say, like, once we've got the ball up into the final third, we can create whatever patterns of play you want, how are we going to get it there? 
because I couldn't see what the plan was to get the ball into the final third in the first place anyway. Lewis Cook ends up drop, being the deepest player for the first goal. He came in between the two centre-backs very frequently during that game, as if to assist with build-up. But then Billing was really deep as well. So you end up with this massive space in the middle of the park where you want Cook and Billing to be, but they're not there. Christie's still playing quite high. The fullbacks are pushed forward, but they're wide. The wingers are wide, and Billing is up again, and Solanke is up against the front man. So you've got no way to get from back to front because there's no people in the middle to produce the transition. So how are you going to get the ball forward? And yeah, we played long ball a hell of a lot. We what um, Steve mentioned early on, Watara did actually manage to get Ashley Young to get a yellow card in about the fifth minute, fifth or sixth minute. You've got the right back, you know, the notoriously Ashley Young um, is got a yellow card against probably our most physically gifted player. As much as he's his technical ability is on roughly non-league level at the moment, he is probably our most physically gifted player. So what did we do? We kept putting long balls over to him, despite the fact that the one time we didn't, we gave it to him short and allowed him to turn. That's when Ashley Young got the yellow card. I just don't understand why the players just cannot seem to take basic advantage of some of the situations they're in. But then outside of that, I don't get what Andoni Arolo's tactics are to get us forward. I'm a complete novice at this, but there are some basic things that you can appreciate as a watcher of football. And I did not appreciate anything about the way that we set up in that game, really. And we can talk about, you know, maybe we should play Brooks. Maybe we should play Semenyo. Maybe we should play a bunch of others. It's irrelevant. Even when Brooks came on, wasn't he barely got the ball. And even when he did, he didn't really get the opportunity to do much with it. Although he was helping in the system, creating one of the few chances we did get. When Sinistera came on, he did nothing and by the fact that you may not you probably wouldn't have heard it because there weren't basically probably wouldn't be any highlights of Bournemouth's play but there was a number of chants from Bournemouth fans saying um we want our Jaden back because they were so fed up with the fact that Sinistera did nothing and felt as though at least Anthony might be able to provide something beyond the odd step over that didn't get him anywhere um that's harsh on Sinistera, I feel, as though laying the blame at him for a very poor performance. But he really didn't do much when he came on the pitch. We haven't seen enough from him. And most of the wide players, apart from, like I said, Tavernier, I felt was actually something decent. Um, look, there's a lot of negatives to throw on, and it's very reactive at the moment. I do also want to see Iraiola do well. I want to see him be able to actually get the most out of these players. But... If he doesn't get anything, and he, if he doesn't get, if he gets some points, even if the performance isn't there, if he gets a win in the next two, then you can say at least there's something to build on. But we need to actually see where this team is going. And from the start of the season against West Ham to where we are now, the team has not, the team has regressed in terms of its performances. And that is worrying. And if there are, if there are legitimate, as Steve has said, he saw, you know, there was possibly possibly strong disagreements between him and Elphick um, after the, during the Arsenal game. You saw the fact that he was arguing with his players on the pitch. I don't think, personally, I wouldn't read too much into that now because I do think that players on that play on the wings will actively try and ignore their manager as much as possible because they get fed up with him shouting at them so much. And I've heard stories of professional footballers doing that. But if that continues, 
And if the players are starting to really look like they are actively struggling to de- to be able to implement whatever Iriola system is at all, then there will be legitimate questions about the position, his position as coach. Right now, I don't want him gone. But come back to me in a month, and I might very well change my change my tune at that point. We just need to give C something, because at the moment there isn't anything really to to talk about based on uh, what we've seen so far. You're on mute. You're on mute. Nope. You're still on mute. (laughs) Am I back? Yes, you're back. I'm back. There's me using the mute on my mic instead of StreamYard. Martin Fieldhouse, I'm still backing the manager, but he needs to put players in their best positions, which is what we're highlighting. And Steve, I don't really want to hide away from it now. I mean, we probably could have spoken about it a few weeks ago, but Andoni is making some silly mistakes, but he has been dealt a harsh hand here. We don't know what say he's had in the recruitment. Look, I'm not going to lie. We've done enough streams. I was quite excited about the transfer transfers we were doing. Um, starting to review them now. I'm really looking at them thinking half of them potentially are not coming off what expected. Alex Scott, we might see in a few weeks after the international break. Tyler Adams is the big one. We keep going on about Jeff Lerma. Fans keep bringing it up and we'll keep bringing it up while there's a massive problem in midfield where Jeff solved that problem most weeks. Tyler Adams broke the news. Well, the news was broke that Tyler Adams was going to have a significant timeout with a hamstring injury, maybe surgery. We might not even see him this side of Christmas. That would not have been great news for Andoni Iriola. And that's £50 million of players that are yet to make a Premier League appearance. That can't be easy when you're brought in to deliver a style that's not easy to deliver and bring exciting football. That's where I'm still giving Andoni the time. Yeah, I mean, it is a bad it is a bad hand for him. But equally, you, you, you've got to play the, the hand you dealt. And, you know, you've got to come up with solutions to problems. And at the minute, we're, I mean, we could go through that, the recruitment and pick apart, you know, you know, the, the fact that you've got one left back and we bought 68 wingers and, and we've hardly seen any of them consistently. Yet the one left back we've got has played every minute of every game and he's 19. And that's a lot of pressure for a young lad. Same as Zabani. 19 is is 19 isn't he something like that but mm-hmm. yeah it's a weight of 22 or something he's very young is my point still very young yeah, yeah. But very young so there's a lot of weight on you know expectation on these players so they come with big big price tags and a lot of reputation of being you know the next big thing and we're just chucking them straight in because we've got no other option and yeah it'd be great if he had all these players back but he hasn't and he's got to find a way as the manager, as the coach, and that's his job, let's not forget that, to find a solution to all this. Um, I don't, you know, like John says, we're novices. We don't, you know, we could sit here and say, oh, yeah, just play that guy, it'll be fine, or play this guy in that position. It'd be, you know, make so, so much difference. But it's, it's down to him to, you know, he sees them every day in training to pick out these players and, and find something that works. Um, it, it, I don't, yeah. It's difficult. I'm just feeling disillusioned about the whole thing at the minute because, like you know, like we've said previously, we were sold a dream of 
really attacking style of football that we've not seen anything the likes of before. We're signing some of the bright young talent in European football um, and it's just not coming together. By hook or by crook, whoever's to blame, it may be even, you know, it's a, culmin- it's a, it's a combination of everything. We've got new ownership. We've got, I'm not the biggest fans of certain people in high positions in the club. Them not maybe doing their job as well as <laughs> they should be. And Doni maybe not get, you know, hitting the ground running. Some of the players being injured. There's a lot of moving parts in all of this. Um, and it's really difficult to, to lay the blame solely at his door. But like you said, when he makes some decisions and you think, hmm, it doesn't help his cause. And ultimately, he will be the guy that bites the bullet in the end of it. He'll take the brunt of this. Um, and there's, I've even seen things already saying, it was, I think it was Sevilla, mm. uh, looking at sacking their manager and trying to go after him. So, I mean, it's, I think it's pivotal in the next... Two, we, I think it's pivotal we win the next game, personally, for him, for his sake. Can I just um, come, uh, build on, on that as well? So the, Steve, as you were mentioned, that you just in terms of, like, um, you're disillusioned at the moment, I think is a really good, um, a really good word for it. What I don't want this come across as is, like everything's negative, nothing will ever it's be not. good again. This is horrible, because it's not, okay? It's easy, particularly on the internet, for me to come across as, feel as though I'm basically negative about everything, and therefore you have to be positive in return. You have to look at the situation as it is with open eyes. Things are currently not very good. That doesn't mean that they can't get better, and I also don't want Andoni to get the sack. Like I said, come back to me in a month, and I might have changed my mind, because you have to reimagine how things are based on newer evidence. But um, Wing brought up, a, brought up a good point. Like those first eight, These first seven or eight fixtures will not have helped, because you cannot possibly get the team massively on side if you don't have at least one or two fixtures in there to give you the base of a win to then build upon. That's what, you know, even Parker and Gary O'Neill got wins very early on in their tenures um, in the Premier League. So things definitely can get better. And I, but, you know, there are areas of the, of the team, you know, as, as Kirk mentioned, 50 million pounds worth of talent that is still injured and has, you know, they've got Adams has got 15 minutes in the in the cup or whatever it is. That is also partly on Iriola and the recruitment team because they brought them in when they knew they were injured. So, mm. and uh, you know, reports have come out from Leeds that apparently they were worried that Tyler Adams wouldn't pass his medical because Chelsea, they knew yeah. that. Chelsea, well, I mean, I think Chelsea were just waiting for the for a better player to come along, um, which and they went and picked up two of them. But yeah, I just think that. Right now, things look dire. But what I will say is, oh, and also, if you want more of me being negative, um, please do feel free to check me out on Beat. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Minute. Uh, when I, we'll when I'm coming on and I, and I have to take um, questions from a bunch of other fans from other teams that are also looking at Bournemouth situation and going, and are probably going to say, well, you're down, aren't you? I, was like, I don't think we're down. I really no. don't. It's far too early in the season for that. It's just that it's just not good right now. It's really not. There is there is light in the tunnel, but that tunnel looks really, really long at the moment. And I'm hoping that two weeks will be enough to bring us closer to the end of that tunnel. But 
what you can do for Cherry's Red Army right now on this video on YouTube is hit the like button and subscribe because we're going into the final part and we are going to look at those two fixtures left in October. They are massive. I wanted a minimum of six. We need two wins at home. So the international break has just started and we will come back on Saturday the 21st of October for Bournemouth against Gary O'Neill's Wolverhampton Wanderers and then it will be Bournemouth against Burnley the following week. Two home games so we need to focus on this. We will have Cherries in Focus episode 14 likely to probably be next Thursday. Follow our socials. Follow us on this YouTube channel. We'll confirm that, but we'll probably lead up to that game with the latest episode, Steve. But a couple of, well, 10 days, whatever it is now for Andoni. Can he get anyone back fit? I still think it'll be too early for Alex Scott. We know Tyler Adams won't be available to pick, but we've had conversations about mistakes made in that lineup for Everton, not being strong enough, not with winning battles, not winning enough duels, making mistakes. You said on the previous episode that we just need to do things better we got to win the game. We've got to show some ambition against Wolves. We know what they're going to do, Steve. We're going ahead here because we're going to talk about this next week. We know what they're going to do. They're going to soak it up. They're going to try and take 100% conversion, one shot on target potentially. Pedro Neto is going to be their main guy. We know what they're going to do. We've got to get six points from six. We've got to start scoring goals. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. And what would be nice is if someone... <laughs> If someone other than Dom was doing that, because at the moment, there's, like I say, about pressure on people. It seems to be Dom or nothing at the moment. And some of these other players need to, I was just thinking when we talk, sorry to hop back to what we were talking about um, and sort of laying where the blame lays. Uh, uh, the, the, the guys on the pitch have to take a certain amount of responsibility and start sort of, you know, showing something, yeah, showing a bit more know-how, a bit more, uh the, the better decision making and 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 you know we know they can play they, we saw performances against liverpool against uh brentford you know that, that that showed us that these guys can play together uh, it's just needed you know it's like i said being better at what they're doing and just this better decision made pick themselves up off the floor dust themselves down and interestingly where did the tide turn for us or start to turn for us last season was it wolves at home Wolves away. Yeah, was that nil nil? No, it was Wolves at home. Oh, right. Okay. Because it was Gary O'Neill's first game in charge and it was a nil nil and it stopped our losing streak. So maybe that's an omen. I'm clinging on to anything at the moment. And uh, <laughs> we do need, we, we do need more than a nil nil. But, um, it, you know, they're, they're there for the taking Wolves. I've watched them and as much as they've got stars like Neto and I think. Yeah, I think I think their goal. Yeah, their goalkeeper's very good on his day. Um, Craig Dawson's an excellent defender. I think he's one of the better ones in the Premier League. Um, always been consistently good. They can be got at. I mean, I've I've watched I've watched I've I've watched them from afar again because of the Gary O'Neill thing. You don't know whether you just want to see how he gets on. For me, I don't, I don't dislike the guy. 
Um, wasn't necessarily one of his O'Neill out brigade, but I just want him to you know, keep keep an eye on them. But Luton, they played Luton. Luton got at them quite 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 a lot actually. Um, you know how they beat Man City, I'd never know because it was unbelievable. They were just peppered the whole game and managed to spawn two shots on target. So I think we've got we've got you know the doors open for us if we want to take you know take advantage of their their frailties because they they certainly have got a lot um, and we know they should know better than anyone what sort of what sort of uh, style Gary and Hill's going to bring to the table you know um, so yeah I mean it's a very winnable game and I think you know a bit of luck um, and just a bit of raise of confidence maybe a couple of better decisions made by Ariola and on personnel on the pitch and it's a very, you know it, it could be an easy three points yeah John I don't want to go into the Wolves preview because that will be on the next episode but I am seeing from Wolves what I saw a lot last season and they are picking up points because we did pick up points but it's more than that for me it's more than that Morgan says John that it's his birthday when we play Wolves so three points would make a very very good birthday for him Morgan also comes back earlier in the chat to say Brooks Brooks can add goals and there is lots for Andoni to think about in the next 10 days whatever it is until we step on that pitch at Dean Court John I want a player right if it's if players are making mistakes or collectively we're breaking down when we're trying to transition and make passes I need someone to take the game by the scruff of the neck. If they come back to leaders, someone is going to grab it, drive the team on. Maybe that is David Brooks. He is so hungry for this. David Brooks has had some good games, some good moments. He struggled in the Carabao Cup against Stoke, but he scores goals. He's got technical ability. I know you spoke about that pace in transition. There's a few players that I just want to see in the starting lineup against Wolves because I just want us to win more battles and I want us to hurt football teams. Yeah, um, just to come back on Steve. Wolves actually only had one shot on target against City and scored two goals. Yeah, of course so they did. It was an own goal on that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's sort of where their luck finally got them back on in that game. But um, yeah, I mean, and they got uh, Wolves also got Lamina sent off in uh, in towards the end of the Liverpool. Uh, and they're missing Samedo as well. Uh, who, sorry? They're missing Samedo, I believe, as well because he's picked oh, up right. five yellows. Oh, that's good. So um, yeah, but I mean. Yeah, we know what Wolves are going to do. Um, and the thing is, is that Iriola has very clearly favoured physically gifted wingers that have a lot of pace and strength to um, to do whatever they haven't been doing um, in the recent several games. Um, but against Wolves at home, you know they're just going to sit back. So this would be, if there was ever a game where you can ignore whatever physical talents you want from a, from your wingers and just load your attack with technically gifted players because you're going to have to play through a defence, this would be the one. So you'd probably, even if you wanted to keep Christie, you could put him on the right, you could put David Brooks in the middle and, I don't know, you could put some menu on the left to power through the um, power through defence or start Sinistera, give him an opportunity from the start. Um, but yeah, this against Wolves, it, everything will be on us to be the one that is aggressive in the game. So this will be good two weeks of planning. What does Iriola do? What is his strategy when 
it's not a big team that we can press high and hope to win the ball against. It is, we start with the ball, what do we do to get it from our box to their box and put pressure on them? Uh, and, you know, this will be a very, very good measuring uh, yardstick for um, for what Iriola's attacking plan is when we are the, when we are meant to be the dominant side because we haven't seen that very much um, so far. We saw it at West Ham to an extent. only really worked when Semenyo came on. We saw it, well, saw it completely fail against Everton. Um, and apart from that, we haven't seen it at all um, this season. We saw it a bit in preseason. It looked good, but that hasn't carried through. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But fingers crossed, two weeks of training up will um, with most of the squad will uh, will give him the opportunity to um, to coach something into the into the play. Do you know what I'd be working on in those two weeks is getting the confidence off the floor. I mean, by whatever means he has to do it, yeah. is just putting an arm around all these players and saying, come on, lads, we're, you know, we're, you're better than that individually, collectively. You know, you know what you can do. You know, say what you want about Gary O'Neill and, and previous managers we've had, but we always seem to have had a, a good unity off the pitch. And I, there's there's stuff I'm seeing now where I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying it is a bad dressing room but it doesn't I don't see those bonds there anymore there's a lot of new players a lot of youth no big vocal personalities bar nettos I suppose um you know what is that dressing room like is it to me it just they they the dropped heads that I've seen on Saturday just to me it needs it needs someone to get in there and gee these lads up totally agree Steve we also pick in the chat, I feel like in this break, Andoni with that chance of heart to heart with the players as individuals and yeah. as a group, and I think we'll be victorious maybe, in the next two games. Maybe be a bit savvy as well and take a couple of them out of the firing line. You know, like Dango, for example, he just doesn't seem to be coming off for him. Maybe give Milos a break. I know we haven't got an actual replacement for him, but you know, he's he's he looks so downtrodden the other day, and even Zavani. Uh, maybe Meps hopefully will be fit and come back and can slot in for a bit of experience. We are going to wrap up this episode then. It's been great to join you live and interactive on YouTube. Do hit the like button. Matthew, finally in the chat, one of the final comments coming through here does say that he does fear for Andoni if he doesn't get four to six points in the next two games. We'll have to yeah. see where we are at the end of October. I'm still there. I'm still with Andoni. Just need to see some better lineup picks, and I just want to see some of this football we were seeing earlier on in spells. We didn't do it for long spells, but we did have moments, didn't we? John, you're going to head off now to Boo Forest Fan TV. No, they're good guys, actually. Good guys. <laughs> John's heading off right now on YouTube to beat the drop on Forest Fan TV. I haven't got a link in the description, but good luck, John. If you want to continue listening to John, stay with us, John, while we do our outro. But if you want to continue listening to John, uh, you can head over there in just a moment. Steve, international break. Do give us a little summary. There is still hope. You're going to be at Dean Court when we take on Wolves. We'll have content coming on the channel. And we're still going to have everything crossed that this does work out. Well, yeah, of course we are. I mean... Look, we're just going for a bad moment, and and it's it, unfortunately it's come at a time when we we were so excited about it all. Um, you know, nothing seems to be going right for us, and this is, you know, like I said, we know 
what we can, what this team can do. We've seen what most of these players can do last season with a few new additions um, who just need to gel a bit more. And hopefully this couple of weeks, he can get a bit of time with them, work some stuff out and come back a better proposition against Wolves. And don't worry about it. It'd be three points in the bag. We're, it, I'll tell you what, you that, the landscape... Stop. Yeah, but the lands... Shut up. The, <laughs> the landscape will change so much on social media and all the rest of it if we can just get that monkey off the back. And we all know, as yeah, we're, we're quite capable of beating Wolves. Absolutely are. Totally. Just need that win. And I think we'll go from strength to strength. Injured players will come back. Alex Scott will be amazing. It, it can end up being a completely different view and story in about three months time john thank you very much enjoy the rest of your week good luck on beating the job don't take too much hassle from them yeah cheers speak to you later steve have a good international break might see you back here for episode 14 <laughs> as we do do a proper preview of wolves uh have a good well, week. i might not be back for episode 15 if we get beat by wolves because then i'll look a bit daft and i yeah thank see you. you all later Thank you to you, the fans that's joined us live and interactive on YouTube. Do smash the like button. If you've watched this back on replay, do get your thoughts in the comments. If you've listened to this on the podcast, thank you very much. But have a good international break if you can. And let's get behind the boys next week. And you, you, you never know. Things have to turn at some point And Donny can still be the man. Until the next one, we'll see you very, very soon. Up the cherries. Up the cherries. <laughs>